reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee into the district of the Decapolis. People brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hands on him. He took him off by himself, away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and spitting, touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. Immediately the man's ears were opened. His speech impediment was removed and he spoke plainly. Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The Gospel of the Lord. This is so unfair. I want to give you a pop quiz. Didn't even tell you I would do this. Where have you heard before that last phrase from the gospel? The people, as they're talking about Jesus, he does everything well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Where'd you hear that before, kids? Okay, yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> Well, turn a page over in your missalette and look at that first reading. <laughs> yes, good. You just heard it about, what, five, seven minutes ago? It's part of the prophecy of Isaiah that we heard in our first reading, where Isaiah is describing what it's going to be like when Messiah comes, the Messianic kingdom the reconstructed world where peace replaces war, where love replaces hate, where love replaces indifference, where all things are not just just, but merciful, compassionate. And people who are deaf can hear, and those who can't speak sing. The restored, the finally recreated, if you will, human body, human person, human world, the cosmos, everything. Not just restored, but finally brought to the fullness that God intended for it when he created it. That's what Messiah accomplishes. That's what Messiah brings. Now Mark, up to this point, has been telling his story in such a way that all the controversies that Jesus has had up to this point with his opposition, with his opponents, and all the healings that he's been doing up to this point have had one thing in common, to declare, proclaim, illustrate, make evident 
both physically and in the hearing of the folks who were there, that this messianic kingdom, this recreation of creation, has arrived in him. Now, Catholic, you know you believe that. <laughs> believe it. <laughs> the kingdom has already come. We're not waiting for by and by, though indeed, the fulfillment of that kingdom is still by and by. But the kingdom, the reconstructed humanity, the new recreated, the new creation, as Paul will call us, is already here, showing up first and foremost in the flesh of Jesus. And now, in your flesh, in my flesh, all of us who have been baptized, born again, recreated in the waters of baptism. Dying, that old creation of self, rising now to that new, recreated self, born again self, child of God self. This is though the first time that Jesus gets this physically involved in the healing. He has touched people to heal them. He has spoken the word, as he does here, apatha, to heal. But here, at this ultimate, last healing that illustrates the arrival of the kingdom, brings to a climax this whole preaching and teaching and ministry up to this point. Kingdom has arrived in me and has already begun to reorder things, to heal things, to save things. For the rest of the Gospel of Mark, the focus of Jesus will now turn to you and me as he tries to help us understand in the person of his disciples who he is. All of Mark is about answering the question, who is Jesus? And this is the fullest expression of the public ministry to show, declare, demonstrate, manifest who he is. And he gets embarrassingly physical. Good grief. He's sticking his finger in the guy's ears. He's spitting on his tongue. Please, it's gross. Supposed to be. <laughs> to get our attention. To help us see that the kingdom isn't just some kind of spiritual place where I can go. The kingdom is enfleshed. It's real, material, as well as spiritual, of course. It's when spirit and flesh finally are at home together. That's what we practice, Christian. Finally getting our fleshly stuff all its needs, all its wants, all its desires, all its passions, in line with this new spirit now with which we breathe since we were baptized. The life, the breath of God. Getting that in sync with each other. Our Christian vocation is to live in the flesh this new creation. Now it takes practice. I do it badly. I know all of us do it. We stumble and fall all the time. But we're learning. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming to reconciliation to get all that stumbling again put aside and get on with the business of being who you are, a born again, recreated daughter of God. I mean, that's what our vocation is as Christians.
Jesus, Mark, is trying to show how Jesus makes that so emphatically clear in this final, there'll be other healings, but this final evening of this public ministry where he's focusing on the crowd to help them see Messiah has arrived. For the next bit of the book, he'll be trying to get us to see. And I, I love the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel, the poor disciples never get it. <laughs> but I find that encouraging. Because when I don't get it, you know, where are you, God? What are you up to, God? I, well, this isn't fair, God. You know, that kind of stuff. That's exactly where the disciples are throughout the rest of Mark, as Jesus patiently now focuses on their understanding to help them see who he is for them. I think that Mark is showing this final healing in this very graphic, physical way to, to anticipate what we do here every Sunday. God gets physical. He becomes bread and wine, for heaven's sake. And that's gross. <laughs> well, it's shocking. As a Baptist boy, I was raised to think that you guys were close to cannibalism in your belief. I mean, it's pathetic, really. But that's, I mean, what, how else could somebody who can't get what Eucharist is explain it? Well, I... I don't know, even as a junior higher, that that couldn't be true. I started sneaking around and getting into the Catholic Church and taking the, you know, the tracks home from the vestibule. I even took a rosary home once. <sighs> Had to hide it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if Mother would have found it, what a mess. Anyway, I was beginning to suspect that this wasn't a gross superstition on your part. That maybe God was really up to something, physically so he could spiritually be up to something in your life and mine. When we come to communion this morning, kids, know yourselves touched. Know yourselves poked and prodded and invasive, invasive touch of God as he gets into you, literally. And let your heart just take him in. He loves you. He wants to literally be in touch with you. 